Today you're listening to a podcast called Nick Flanagan Weekly. It's DIY, both in spirit, scope, and presentation. It's the only podcast with a dog present who barks sometimes. There are no other podcasts to my knowledge where somebody is interrupted by a dog. Never heard of a dog interrupting someone on a podcast before. That's just me. Maybe you've heard something different. I don't know. What am I staring at right now? I'll tell you what I'm staring at. My PlayStation 2 collection. Resident Evil Code Veronica is staring right at me. I have it on display because I'm playing it right now. And let me tell you, I've made it to the second half. Took a minute, couple looking up a couple things. But I am enjoying playing the survival horror PlayStation 2 game. Resident Evil Code Veronica. Also available for Sega Dreamcast. And maybe... I don't know, Xbox 360? I don't know. I'm staring at NPPL Championship Paintball. A video game I bought because it was paintball and I thought that was weird. Super Bust-A-Move. A version of the game Bust-A-Move. One of the funnest games you could ever play. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. A classic. Recent subject of a documentary. Tony Hawk. Tenchu. Wrath of Heaven which is based on a PlayStation 1 game about ninjas, and I love a good ninja game. Enough, though. This is not just a video game podcast. In fact, it's barely a video game podcast. This is a podcast where I talk about uh, many things under the sun. Speaking of, I have Medal of Honor Rising Sun, which is set in World War II, which is something I've been uh, reading up on lately. And let me tell you, I'm not a big fan of Hitler's Circle of Evil. The first clue to them not being nice is the title of that group, Hitler's Circle of Evil. They didn't call themselves that, but that's what they are. Evil. Anyway, enough. I refuse to discuss the Holocaust with any of you. It's a closed book, in my opinion. Ah, enough about But I don't mean to bring up the Holocaust. Jeez. Starting off on a downer note. No, I'm here to celebrate. Because I got some nice responses to my questions. Didn't get any breakfast, lunch, dinner answers. So if you want to write me and tell me whether you like breakfast, lunch, or dinner the most and why, you can go on Nick Flan Weekly on Twitter or my Instagram, Nick Flanagan Weekly. Message me. Message me at my normal Instagram, Nick Flanagan. Or email weeklypodcast at gmail.com. W-E-A-K-L-Y podcast at gmail.com. Thank you. So. The first thing I got was not actually about my poll question yesterday, which was, what is your favorite kind of weather and why? The first message I got was a few days ago when I asked someone, what's the worst you've screwed up on your job? Now, Mr. Guelph from Instagram, who I will keep anonymous beyond his Instagram moniker, I will... (laughs) um, Read his story. Now, this is very brave. He's the first person who has shared a story about screwing up at work, which, I don't know. Everyone's, they don't want to lose their job. They don't want to seem like a bad worker. You can be anonymous, though, and tell me, but, you know. So I'm going to read his answer, and that's why I asked the question was because um, I think we all do, and we feel guilty about it, but it happens. 
what's the worst I've screwed up? I'll start. Well, I'll read Mr. Guelph's and then I'll share mine. What, how does that sound to you? You can't answer. But if you keep listening, that tells me that you want the answer. Hey, Nick. Wanted to share a story about screwing up at work. When I was 19, I worked in the locker room of a fancy private golf, golf course in Caledon, Ontario. Shout out to Caledon and all my listeners in Caledon. This place was called the Devil's Pulpit, owned and started by Scott Abbott and Chris Haney, the guys who invented Trivial Pursuit. And there's lots of stories about those guys and their crew, too. Well, I'd like to hear what the creators of Trivial Pursuit have been up to. It sounds like shenanigans, which was my nickname as a teenager. As the locker room attendant, we shined shoes, changed spikes, washed and folded towels. Changing spikes sounds dangerous, by the way. I hope you got danger pay for that. So does shining shoes, really. What if you're shining someone's shoes and they kick you? Or if you get a a toxic reaction to the shine box contents. We were responsible for taking care of the pool and the hot tubs in the men's and women's locker room. Sounds fun. At some point during that summer, me and the other guys I worked with realized we could really slack as hard as we wanted because there was so little to do. This is funny. I I feel like that's a very 19-year-old move. I definitely remember being 19 and like any moment that could have been used by doing nothing was taken hard and you just stand around there and talk about you know life you'd, you'd really get to know the other people and blah, 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 blah. we just had to make sure the locker room was clean and no members complained so we started getting high at work a lot we'd rip bongs in the towel storage area which was like a little room attached to the laundry room where we kept all the supplies so we could make spoofs out of the paper towel rolls, etc. I can't remember what spoofs are. I assume you're not talking about, like, a Mel Brooks thing. Like, you would, you know, like that ancient movie they used to rent at libraries on Super 8 called Hardware Wars, where it was a bunch of, it was like Star Wars, but with um, tools. You weren't making, like, a paper towel version of um, The Shining, were you? That would be very creative and, frankly, very high. And I bet if you did do that, you were too high to remember recording it. You forgot your Super 8 that day. Somehow it got more lax. And we started taking naps on the towels. <laughs> if we were working with someone else. So they would cover and no one would know. God, naps at work, another beautiful thing. One morning I came in at like 7 a.m. And maybe I was very tired or hungover or something. But I needed a nap. So I got high alone. Did the opening duties for the locker room, including checking the hot tub water levels. The women's was low, so I ran a hose in it and turned it on. Then I went to lie down in the towel room. I see where this is going. Never leave a hose unattended, especially in a hot tub. Then I went to lie down in the towel room, fell asleep, and woke up a few hours later and immediately remembered I'd left the hose running. I went to check and the hot tub had been overflowing for hours. The whole locker room was soaked. I set up a series of fans and turned up the heat, hoping it would dry out before anyone noticed I was high and dumb. I love that quick sort of science thinking from a non-scientifically trained teen mind uh, where you're like, fans, heat, dry. Maybe 
but probably not fast enough. I was high and dumb. No one noticed it was wet, but my supervisor called and said a member was wondering why there were fans everywhere. <laughs> why are there fans everywhere? I'm a member of the Calidon Hot... Members of this country club resort, and I don't want fans when I'm relaxing in the hot tub, which I wouldn't want either if I... I would think someone was trying to kill me with, like, electricity or whatever. I said the hot tub was leaking, I thought. The leaked water by this time had gotten into the drywall and was making all of the wallpaper bubble. Everyone was very concerned. I stood by my story. They never found out what was wrong, and then they had to call in contractors to replace part of a wall in the wallpaper. No consequences, but only because I lied. As Ray Fine said in Schindler's List, that's a callback to me mentioning the Holocaust earlier, you are forgiven. And you know what? He would never be. But you are. So I'm referencing that movie, but only the phrase, you are forgiven. No Nazi deserves our forgiveness unless we have direct impact. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Thank you, Mr. Guelph. That was great. That was... You did not do that much wrong. You were getting high. You were a teenager. These were the ultra-wealthy of Canada. What do they care? They don't care. And the Trivial Pursuit people? They got enough money to burn. Trivial Pursuit is huge. There's even a Trivial Pursuit PlayStation 2 game, which is a callback to me talking about PlayStation 2 at the beginning of this just vibrant, so far very vibrant episode of Nick Flanagan Weekly. Anyway, I'll tell you what my... That's probably not the worst thing I've done on a job. I'm sure there's plenty bad, especially if you count, like, performing comedy or singing in a band as bad as work. I do count them as bad, but if you count that as work, which I guess I should because... I have been paid for it, but I'm not going to. I'm going to go into the Joe Jobs. I worked at Sam the Record Man. Now, if you're from Canada, you know, in a certain age, you know Sam the Record Man. It was a chain of music stores owned by Sam Snyderman, who actually owned the entire block, I believe, of uh, where it was located. The flagship store was at Young and Dundas, basically, the... Long-time hub of Toronto, the downtown core, and it was defining. It had an amazing storefront that could only be rivaled by uh, Honest Ed's, which was another famous Toronto landmark. It it had a big, big, it kind of looked like, uh, I feel like there were, you know, giant records on the sign. I think they might have actually kept the sign up, but um, it was a real memorable place. They had sales around Boxing Day. Oh, it's very special. So I worked there when I was around the same age as old Guelph Mr. 19 years old or so. And my superior was named Garwood. Very good person. Very nice person. I did not have a illustrious job there. I was not one of the cool dudes in the alternative section. I was not in the jazz section. I was not stalking in the back. I was cash. I was working the front lines. 
Do you know what it's like to work at a large cash register in the middle of the city where some of the most troubled and scheming people tend to exist, plus teens? So we had a lot of people uh, who had issues in there. That not a big deal. Let's just say a woman thought I was her son and would come in and, and stare at me through the window. That's fine. I understand. It was eerie. It defined a lot of the melancholy I feel in my life to this day, but it was fine. And one day I was working the cash. I sold things to Henry. I remember selling something to Henry Rollins. I'll tell that story first because that's not a screw-up. Henry Rollins came in. I believe he was dating the woman, Kari Wurrer, who I recently watched in uh, Beverly Hills 90210. She's David Silver's love interest in season four, I think. And she was dating Henry Rollins at the time. He comes in there with him. I believe she was also in Sliders. Henry Rollins. Not the first time. I'd crossed paths with Henry Rollins because I'd worked at Harborfront Center, a cultural hub by the water. And he showed up at the cafeteria one time to order, like, a whatever he eats. I don't know if he's vegan. He's one of those guys you assume is a sober vegan, but I don't, I don't know if he actually is. He just works out and drinks coffee. It's the only thing I know. And rocks. So he comes by. They just played the Rollins band. And I'm like, oh, I'm serving Henry Rollins. This is cool. And I'm like, how's it going? He's like, pretty good. I'm like, how's tour? It's a struggle. And then I was like, I have a 10% discount card. Take the 10% discount card, please. It's a struggle. Tour is a struggle. Rollins taught me that. To my face. And then this is where screwing up comes in. Another local notable in this case, a film critic of the era, worked for the Toronto Star, classic-looking film critic. He had, like, a soft voice and a ponytail. He liked the artier movies. So, and I was a huge fan of movies, especially at that time. And he... uh Shows up with a bunch of DVDs, and I just start talking to him about movies. We're getting excited. Probably the line's getting longer, and I'm not noticing. He's probably buying three or four DVDs, some box sets. Fancy DVDs were expensive back then. This is like 2000, before some of you were even born. And I'm talking to him. He recommends the movie Mr. Death by Errol Morris to me. Later on, I would watch it. Incredible movie. You should see it. One of his best. Also has to do with the Holocaust. But it's not like... It's deeper than that. Oh, there's a barking dog. Charlie! Anyway. Jeff Bevere's talking to me. We're talking. Next thing I know, on to the next person. You know? We're done. Later on, I am called up by Garwood to the top floor, my supervisor. Hey, we noticed about $120. You're off by like $120 at your register. What's up with that? 
Well, I'll tell you what's up with that. This film critic didn't point out that I had, hadn't rung him through. 19-year-old me accidentally gave a bunch of DVDs to him for free. It somehow didn't cost me my job because I guess they liked me. But thank you, Mr. Film Critic. I screwed up, but you didn't point it out. So you're in the wrong. So that was me screwing up terribly, but I blame myself. However morally, I blame Film Critic. He probably didn't make great money, though, so he was probably happy to get some free deeps. Well, thanks for listening to that. And if you have any more screwing up at work stories to people out there, get a hold of me. And now I will tell you people's favorite weather. This came, I think people responded more because uh, I had mentioned how much I hate cold rain. And yesterday, or the day after I, I recorded... I wound up stepping out, and then cold rain happened on me. And that was not cool. But it was cold. But you know what? It was fast. Any weather that's fast, I'm kind of fine with. Oh, my God. I mean, so Fiona, super listener Fiona, goes, least favorite, five or six day long heat wave. She lives in Australia. Doesn't let up at night. Makes it worse that the Aussie way to react to this is going to the beach in droves. Like, let's be directly in this appalling heat for hours. Twisted. I feel like that's a Los Angeles thing, too. But I can't imagine how hot it gets in Australia. Yeesh. That would get intense. I would take it over cold rain, though. Professor Janky says, Frig cold rain. All my homies hate cold rain. Well, we're homies, then. And then Carrie who I can't cross when we were doing In the Green Zoom. Hello, Carrie. She goes, you should totally live in Seattle. No, because then we'd be always hit by cold rain. So I don't want to. Well, mostly that was Fiona's example. Deep humidity is also really hard to take. And this isn't weather, but like I've faced this. If you have like an apartment where the radiators are either hot and on or not on and it's cold... If they're too hot, your apartment is horrible. Stuffiness? I'll fall asleep in a second. I I slept for like 10 hours because it was so stuffy. So that's internal weather of an apartment, but I think it counts. Well, the dog's barking, and I got to pee, and then I'm going to have some sort of a family dinner, so I'd better go. But you are loved, perhaps by me, but definitely by others. So don't do anything bad. Don't get depressed if you can help it. If you can't help it, I understand. And let's only have good weather from here on out. There are certainly no weather problems in the world right now.